Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. How's you? I am good. This is a unusual episode for us, just you and me, kind of short before the actual episode that I wasn't on because you stiffed me. Um, so. I heard I did a really good job. <laughs> no, yeah, wait, could... I didn't stiff you. Hold on. I glossed right over that. Y'all was busy, okay? Yeah, and and I listened back to the episode as, as I was uh, editing it. And you guys patted yourselves on the back several times about how good you were without me. So yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget that. No That's, big deal. How uh, if you ever need me to step right in? No, I felt so weird kicking off, and I was like, "Welcome back to Make Pods Get Blah." I don't want to do that ever. It felt weird. Back. It felt weird to me listening to it because I'm so used. To, like I don't listen to a lot of our episodes, but I listen back when I edit them, and it yeah. felt weird like editing one that I wasn't in. It was because you guys would say something, I'd want to interject. <laughs> <laughs> you should have provided like um like the director's cut like commentary over it. Oh, I should have. I should like I could still go back and do that. Just like pause it and go, here's where Nikki was wrong. It'd be great. Well, Maybe. for the millionth time. She don't know what she's talking about. Here's where Burn didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it was good. I liked it. It's you know, it's it's a unique perspective to listen to something you're actively involved in from a as a third party now we are like not part of the party you know well let's never do it again <laughs> we're gonna have to some i mean we both have real lives that's the okay. that was the the weird part of the last two weeks where you had a week's vacation i had a week's vacation like it's just, just weird yeah i guess we can handle it but long story short i missed y'all oh right. thank you missed you too it was kind of a crazy week like uh you know i was down in mississippi visiting old roy oh roy who is a psycho in the gym. Oh my God. Really? I, I don't know if I told you this. Yeah. So first of all, it's hotter than balls down there. Yeah. And I mean, it's like 96 degrees. You go, you know, and most of these wads have some sort of uh, cardio implement. Like they, nobody has air conditioning Ugh. and, uh, or at least the gyms don't. And so the, I mean, I <laughs> like can't even, Humans down there have air conditioning. What are you talking about? Well, some don't, but yeah, you know, my parents do. As a matter of fact, Roy runs it at about sixty-two degrees at all Ooh, times. That's a man after my own heart, right there. My husband his, won't let me. His house is ice cold with nothing but Fox News running twenty-four-seven. It's, it's it's quite a visit. But uh, anyway, in the gym, he's crazy. So we we get there, it's just hot as hell, and he's got a couple little injuries, like little nagging things. Nothing that's like really happened in the gym. It's just you know, I mean, you guys know how it is. We get over a certain age, like over my age or at my age, just random things happen to you. And so he's got like this little hip thing going on and something in his back a little bit and he's okay to work out, but it flares up. Right. So we had, uh, the wad had burpees over the bar and he wasn't going to do that. And I told him not to, he's like, well, I'll just go row. I'm going to go row. It's a 12 minute amber. He loves to row. Yeah. Well, so he goes and gets on the rower and I didn't realize where he was going. This is a big gym. It's like a imagine like an aircraft hangar. That's how big this place is. Damn. Yeah, it's huge. And the rowers are all the way in the back. No fans, like right in the back corner in the hottest part of the gym. And he just sits back there rows for like 12, 15 minutes all by himself. I like, I looked Savage. up, we're almost done. And he's back there just sweating his ass off. I'm like, he's going to fall over dead. Like, damn. I yelled at him. I'm like, you got to quit doing that. Like, you know, the coach is a nurse, like pull your, the, the rowers have wheels for a reason. Yeah, like, move it over. I'm trying to teach him all the tricks. I'm like, roll those things up, man. That's what, you know, so do the assault bikes. They have wheels for a reason. Put them in front of the fan. Like, yeah, huge fan. Just move it, you know? Uh, damn. Oh, he was he crazy. Was savage. What do you want? He was killing it. We had, uh, we had a lot of really hard workouts. We, the very first one I got there was assault bike and it was rough. And, you know, the next day was, I forget what it all was, but it was dead low, some burpees over the bar and all kind of craziness. And man, he's just like, he's right in the thick of it. He's crushing. He I'm is. Proud of him. <laughs> and now he's on the gram. Now he's a for real oh. Insta celeb. Well, so that's the funny thing. So I come rolling in and he's sitting there with, on the couch with my mom trying to figure out Instagram and he oh doesn't God, have any photos. Heart. Yeah. He doesn't have any photos on his phone. So he's like, I'm going to get Lisa. Who's my sister. He's like, I'm going to get Lisa to come take some pictures of me down at the gym. So I got some video and some photos so I can post for all those women all over the world that think I'm precious. That's what he keeps oh, saying. Oh my God. Cause he is. Cause yes. we all think so. We, uh, every, every single one of us. Yeah. So I say to him, I'm like, well, do you want, do you want me to get you some followers? And he's like, yeah. So I give him a shot. So I tell him, I'm like, before I leave here, you're going to have a thousand followers. And this was like, I don't know, Tuesday maybe. So we leave Friday and I'm driving home and we're like at a rest area and I check my phone 
And I see someone in the comments of one of his posts is Roy, congratulations on a thousand followers. I'm like, yes, I did it. God. Yes. Good for him. He's going to have more followers than me in a minute. He's got sad. Yeah. I think he's at like 1100 now or something. It's crazy. So they're going to get a very unique perspective on life. if They follow (laughs) him very long. An endearing and different perspective. Yeah, it was funny. They, you know, they both lost. They've still, they've kept off the weight. They look great. They both, mom and dad, are both are down, you know, 40, 45 pounds. And because my girls were going to be there and it was my mom's birthday and uh, a bunch of other stuff. She went and bought all this junk food for them. So there's candy bars and cake and cheesecake and, you know, brownies and whatever. Well, old Roy found the Snickers bars and the Three oh. Musketeers. Oh, dear. And he, he had himself a big time all week eating sugar. Well. He's back that's on the diet now. That's what vacation's for, you know? I'm still working <laughs> off like two weeks ago's mudslides, for yeah. God's sake. Well, he was killing it, so it was good for him. And I had all the biscuits and sweet tea I could handle, so so it's all good. Amazing. It's, yep, it's all good. But otherwise, it was a busy CrossFit week. That's a lot of news this week. Um, uh, what, uh, Camille and Dave, who we had on, uh, how long could we have them on? It was just a few weeks ago. Feels yeah, like. and, and you know, she was talking when she was on the show, she was talking about how great her pregnancy was going and how awesome she felt. And, you know, they were gearing up for having the baby. They were like stuck in Florida cause it was quarantine still. And yeah, they ended up, um, she ended up delivering very early and, um, they are still in the NICU and will be in the NICU for some time, but I'm, you know, keeping like every single finger and toe crossed for them and sending good vibes their way. And they're just such wonderful, beautiful people. I hope that everything turns out okay for them and their precious little one. Yeah, for sure. You know, anybody out there that's of the the praying persuasion, uh, Zoe Alice Lipson is their baby's name, which I think is beautiful. Beautiful. And uh, two pounds, 14 ounces at birth, which is really tiny, but sounds like you know, they're, you know, she's pulling through and and doing well. And, and, you know, as those things go, probably as good as you can expect. So. Yeah. It sounds like things are moving in the right direction, but uh, they unfortunately have quite a journey ahead of them. So yes, send prayers, positive vibes, all the things their way, please. All the things. And then the other one, so there's a, uh, these two athletes I follow, uh, Dylan Cade and then his girlfriend, uh, Mia Nightingale. Nightingale. Yeah. And, um, Mia's dad follows me too. It's a total side story, but um, all in the family, all the families follow, <laughs> like all the parents follow me when I follow the teens, not because they think I'm creepy, but because they think I'm funny. Yep. And, um, but Mia and Dylan, like I followed them for a while, kind of through their, you know, mom and dad, if I'm remembering this right. And uh, both great athletes. Well, Dylan got sick and they don't know what's wrong with them. Like he's been in ICU now for like 30 days. They thought he had Wild. meningitis. It wasn't meningitis thought of something else. He said, you know, all these problems, he's been on a ventilator, which is clearly horrible. Um, sounds like he just got off the ventilator today, which, or maybe yesterday, which is great. Um, it sounds and- like they can't figure out what the actual disease or issue was, but whatever was ravaging his body seems to now be gone. Hopefully fingers and toes crossed that that is still the case. But unfortunately now he's got this like just epic healing journey ahead of him. And they don't really quite know how, whatever this thing was affected him. Like they, they're not sure. And I think he had like brain swelling or something at, at one point in time. So yeah, it's going to be a, a long rough road for him. And just so scary. Like what a, what a pinnacle of fitness, like what a picture of physical capability. It's just wild that whatever it was got him so bad like that. Yeah, it's uh, really crazy. And in both cases, uh, both Dylan and for baby Zoe, there's fundraisers for both. So mm-hmm. uh, Dave's got a t-shirt uh, thing going on. There's a link in his bio. So you may want to go to you know Dave's uh, Instagram or Thunderbro, either one. I think he's, isn't he Dave freaking Lipson? Dave freaking Lipson <laughs> at Instagram for Instagram or uh, Thunderbro. Uh, and so they're raising money for that. And then Dylan, um, on Mia Nightingale's page. And, and there's actually a link in my bio as well. So probably easiest for everybody here. Listen, just go to my bio and it's a fundraiser for him. They're doing a, a 30 day thing where they're raising money for the family. And, uh, and it's a great cause. Obviously Dylan's a great kid. Like all yeah. these teen athletes are so, such great. So, kids. so good. Yeah. It's amazing. It's actually amazing to me. I, I ran into two that are competing at that competition in Michigan. Oh, the Pit uh, Fitness Ranch. Yeah, I ran into yeah, two yeah. of them uh, on vacation, and every oh. time I meet a teen athlete, I'm just like, man, like I don't know what it is about CrossFit kids, 
but they are just like the salt of the earth, nicest kids. And maybe it's just because they work mm-hmm. their butts off mm-hmm. um, and they don't so have time to get in trouble. Yeah. So like, like understanding, like big hearts, there's just, they're not, and I'm going to sound so old, but I'm like kids these days, like blah, blah, blah. But like, they're not entitled. Like that's the, my biggest pet peeve is like when people are just assholes and entitled and whatever. And like these kids work for everything that they have and they are just so respectful and not entitled. And I was going head to head in a wad with uh, one of the kids that's competing and he's, you know, obviously very fit. He's like 16, 17 years old and was an assault bike wad. And so it was four rounds. You do, um, God, how many calories was it? It was like 20 cows and then five devil's press, 35 pound dumbbells. Hmm. And yes. I was within, <laughs> yeah. So round three comes around and he finishes his round in like a minute. I want to say it was like a minute six or so. And I finished in a minute 11 or a minute 16 in that round. Damn. And so I, and I was kind of hauling ass for me. And so, and so I turned to him in between rounds because we, they were two minute rounds. So we each had 45 seconds. And I said to him next round, you need to finish in under a minute. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you got 59 seconds to get done. I don't want to see you lollygagging. Like I got mean with him, oh. you know, and he finished in 59 seconds. Oh. Like, and he, and I, I did it in a minute 11 that round. Like I nearly killed myself to keep up. He did 20 calories. I'm not kidding you. 20 calories in 25 seconds. Mm-mm. Yes. He just like, I've like, he was, and he's, you know, he probably weighs 150 pounds soaking wet. Like yeah. just this, you know, thin little CrossFit kid with, you know, a dozen abs just make you sick, but it was fun. Them. Love them. Hate them. Yeah. And you know, he kept calling me, sir. I'm like, no, Aww. stop. I'm like, stop, stop calling me, sir. We don't do That's that here. Cute. It's not cute. It made me feel older than my Sorry. dad. Well, yeah. yeah. So that was, that, that's all my news, Nikki. That's everything I got. That's good news. All that. Well, I mean, it's not good news, but hopefully we can turn it around and make good news with a yeah. little bit of community support. I got a really interesting DM I wanted oh. to tell you about. Ooh, throw it out. We have been talking so much about like diversity within CrossFit and making sure that people feel like welcome and, and, and all that stuff. And it's all good stuff. And I got this really interesting message that really made me think. And it was from someone who noticed that, um, I've mentioned on a couple of podcasts that I'm Jewish and she was basically just like, there's a lot of faith within the CrossFit community and people are very vocal about their faith. And and that's a beautiful thing. There's no issue with that, but a lot of it oftentimes is around Christianity and around Jesus Christ. And she was asking me if I ever felt like uncomfortable because I'm not in the same belief pattern that so many people are vocal about. And she was like, you know, in, in a world where we're like, am I accepted if I am not Christian or anything like that? It was just an interesting question. No one had ever asked me before. And it did really make me think. And I think the reason that she caught it is because she also was Jewish and she was just like, Oh, I just noticed. Cause there was like, not a lot of us, not a lot of us around period, but also not right. a lot of us within the CrossFit community. Um, and so that's why she brought it up. And it, it just really made me think, in my, my my short answer is no, I don't ever feel uncomfortable and I've never been made to feel like because I'm not of the same belief system as anyone that I don't belong or I'm not welcome or anything in, in that vein whatsoever. But I don't know. I just, it made me wonder if there are people who do feel uncomfortable or they just don't want to say anything or, or what, but I personally am of the view that like, if your faith is what drives you to be a better person, I got no problem hearing about it, talking about it, listening to, you know, how it affects you and it positively affects the community. I've never been like evangelized in a gym. So if you feel like that, I would probably have a problem with, but I would have a problem with that. If anyone was telling me to do anything like wear Metcons instead of my tri-base rain twos. Like I'd have a problem with that. So it it has nothing to do with faith uh, as much as it has to do with telling people what they should and shouldn't believe in. But I digress. No, I've never, I've never felt um, uncomfortable in that respect. And it was just an interesting question. It made me think, I was like, I guess I have a personal stake in the diverse diversity conversation in this sense. Here, I'll throw a scenario at you then. This has happened. This happened to me when I was in Tupelo. Um, So I, there are two gyms, there's several gyms in Tupelo, but two that are like kind of across the street from each other. And I was going to visit both. And I, I love them both. They're both great gyms, by the way, really well run, you know, great facilities. So I go to the second one, which is CrossFit Tupelo. And I know the owner and uh, I did not know the coach that day. And so I come in and they go, here's the warm up. I do the warm up. Everybody meet at the whiteboard. I meet at the whiteboard. Uh, here's the wad. We're doing strength. We're doing 
you know, this, whatever the AMRAP was. And today's Bible verse is oh. boom. And they read it and they read it. And there's no sermon, no evangelizing, just today's Bible verses. And they read yeah. it. Would that make you uncomfortable? No, I actually think that's kind of beautiful. I have no problem, but that's just me. And and I'm very like a liberal and a bleeding heart liberal, like open heart and open mind, whatever. I, I don't have a problem with people using their faith to be better people. And I think that even if we don't necessarily all believe the same thing, technically, like the words say different things in the books that we all read, faith in and of itself is just... It's just beautiful. And even if I didn't believe in anything, even if I was like totally atheist or agnostic or whatever, I just don't think I would have a problem with other people expressing like positivity and, and how to be better in this life through whatever scripture they want. I wouldn't have a problem with that. If they were like, you cannot do this what until you say in Jesus name, amen. Then I'd be like, Ooh, I don't really want to say that out loud. But again, that wouldn't be them reading a Bible verse to me. That would be them like telling me what to do. Yeah, there wasn't any of that. I mean, it was, I just, it just struck me as interesting when I was there. I mean, it's the Bible belt yeah. and, you know, you know, I, sure. I go to church. Like I was raised in church. Like it didn't, I didn't even blink at it, but you know, it made me think for a moment. It was just different, you know? And yeah, that is different. You know, the, no, first, I, yeah. well, the first gym I went to was all Jewish. Like I was, I was no way or primarily like, so where I live, the area I live in, um, is very Jewish. Um, well, actually one of the probably the heavily uh, populated Jewish areas in the country. And it's, in it's Ohio. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's the Beachwood area. It's just, and uh, it was kind of the running joke there for a couple of years. Like I, I distinctly remember the first year I went at this gym, there were very few members who probably had 20 members tops. And I forget what the Jewish holiday was, but I was literally the only person that showed up for the wad, you know? Oh, so funny. Yeah. Like the, and I didn't know where everybody was. Cause you know, I don't, I don't know squat about the Jewish holidays. Really? I wasn't raised Jewish and not part of the South. So right. um, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. where is everybody? And they're like, it's a Jewish holiday. I'm like, what's your point? Like, I'm going to show up on you Christmas. Understand. Yeah. We can't so, squat past sundown. Yeah. That must be it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just, it's, you know, but it wasn't, I mean, obviously Judaism is different than Christianity. There's no, you know, evangelizing, but you know, I've been to more bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs than I have weddings in the last 10 years mm-hmm. because of that, you know? So it's, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Like, you know, like religion is clearly different than race and, um, right. but, um, and I realize it. I realize Jews are also a race, so don't stress me hate mail everyone. But. No, that's a whole nother debate because I actually, <laughs> right. actually have a weird take on that, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I don't know. I guess the only thing I would say about your initial point for anyone is like, if you're uncomfortable, just go talk to your coaches. Like, yeah, I would say that, something. The thing that's interesting to me about CrossFit um, gyms is to me, they feel more like country clubs than anything else because we pay for them. You know, Mm -hmm. you choose where you're going. There's tons of them. There's no one's being excluded necessarily or being told, Hey, you can't come in, which is different than a country club. You don't need a sponsor to get in. You just pay and they take your money, you know? Um, great business model. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. but you know, it's a very expensive sport or, you know, moderately expensive in comparison to other gyms. So that's why it feels like a country club to me. Um, so it also feels like, well, if you don't like the rules of that one particular country club, just go down to the next one. Just like, if I don't like your golf course, I'll go to the other, but by the same token, I'd rather just see people go to the coach and go, Hey, I'm Jewish. I, you know, I don't feel great about a Bible verse every day. Maybe occasionally we could have something from the Torah or maybe occasionally we could have nothing, <laughs> you know, or yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's tough to even bring it up. Cause it's like this exercise in finding the middle ground between like, everyone feels welcome. Everyone feels included, you know, uh, do what you want. Don't offend anyone. Don't say the wrong thing. Don't, you know, if you're including Bible verses, cause you think it's a great thing to just better everyone. And then someone's offended by it. Do you have to stop? Like, I don't know where the line is drawn or where the, it's all gray and it's such a weird year, but it was just an interesting it was just an interesting thought that I have never had before. I have never, maybe because of my whole life. I mean, I grew up in a predominantly Jewish town, but my whole life is surrounded by scenarios where I'm usually like the one or token Jew. So right. it's like never weird to me when other people are talking about the Bible or if someone's telling me about, you know, when they found Jesus, like it's all, it's all like wonderful and beautiful to me. And I'm like, get on you, bro. It has never offended me in the past, but I, it is interesting to hear that even 
in the couple of like in passing times that I've said it, someone noticed and was like, Oh, like someone who's like me talking about CrossFit that doesn't happen often. So, uh, so but, the, all your Jewish questions. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Yeah. All Jewish questions go to Nikki. You um, want my recipe for Kugel? I got you. Hey, I've made noodle Kugel. I don't want to make oh, that. So good. It's oh so good. God. It's um, dessert pasta. I know it really is. <laughs> yeah. The, the only thing I would add to this, and then we, we can move on and introduce the podcast, but you know, I kind of view these gyms and maybe it's just because I've been doing it forever. They're like relationships. Like the initial gym I mentioned that was, you know, predominantly Jewish isn't that way anymore. Oh, interesting. You know, it's, it's very, it's a, I don't go there anymore, but it's a very diverse gym and it's different owners now than it did. Like gyms evolve just like relationships. Like if you're married or you have a, a partner that you've been with for a long period of time, your relationship nine years later is much different than it was when you first started dating or started going out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it is, Uh, you know, and sometimes you divorce even like, (laughs) you know, case in point, you know, me. Um, And so I think that's where, you know, people have to recognize that gyms grow over time. So you may start with having a predominantly, we'll say Christian base where you're doing Bible verses. And at some point those owners may have to look in the mirror and go, all right, I'm no longer catering to that very specific set. Maybe I need to, you know, find a way to be more inclusive, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they have to go, no, this is going to be my specific set. And I'm yeah. going to go all in and say, Hey, this is not only is it a CrossFit gym, but it's going to be kind of a religious experience for people. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah, you know, totally. just, as long as they're up front and disclose it to the people coming in, don't hide it, you know, prior to taking their 150 bucks a month. <laughs> right. Right. Know? No, I think it's all an exercise in just being a nice person. Yeah. Just like if it offends you and you say something and they don't want to change it, like just don't be like, well, this is my goal. F off and find somewhere else. Like, hey, this is really how we do it here and we believe in it. And so I'm sorry that we're offending you. Can we help you find somewhere else? Like whatever it is, just be nice to each other. Yep. Everybody be nice. I'm all for being nice, except if you're in the comment section of my memes. Right. In that case, you'd be blocked. Yes, you'd be blocked. <laughs> uh, so two things and we'll jump into the podcast. So we have a Patreon now. So cool. So exciting. Just, just tens of members. Just, uh, <laughs> just one dozen people. Hey, the, but they're sweet people. They're it's so sweet. nice. We've been having so much fun, like messaging back and forth, like posting um, some unique content and just like getting into conversations with them. Um, it's a really fun, I didn't realize at first, it's just a fun platform to get to know people. Cause it's like a little bit more intimate. There's not like 280,000 people constantly in your comments. It's like people who like know us and want us and want to chat. So it's cool. My, my daughter's, I swear to God, I love teenagers. My daughter goes, did you really create your own fan club? I'm like, yes. Don't judge yes. me. Yeah, <laughs> of course I did. Don't judge me. It's my own fan club. Uh, but we also have merch that's on sale on the Patreon page today, but it'll go live for everyone else here in just a day or two. Um, cool. I'm like, I got big props to you, Nikki. Like I was a little doubtful on the logo, but I'm really borderline obsessed with it now. I'm obsessed it. with it. It looks so good. Lindsay did such a good job. And what I really like about it is like, it's evolved just like you said, CrossFit gyms and relationships yeah. still it's evolved um, and still harkens back to your original creativity with the kettlebell. So it's, it's all the things all at once. And the merch is hella cute. Yep. And the patches are cool. There's gonna be patches, stickers. We have make watch great again shirts, two or three of those. We have a whole bunch of like a crazy number of uh, make pods great again t-shirts and tanks and crops for women and the men can wear the crops if you want, I guess. I don't know. Um, They tried. They tried when we took photos. They tried. Can I just say out loud? I think that the best photo I have ever seen ever taken of Matt, my husband ever and I cannot exaggerate this. Like I have photos from our wedding day. Remember that the <laughs> best photo I've ever seen of him is him in the dark Navy make wads great again, t-shirt that now lives on our website. You should send me your wedding photos and I'll crop him out of the old ones and put him in the new one in my t-shirt. <laughs> I just, I just snorted. God, that would be the best. And don't, don't I'm tell him to. just, just I'm stick it in the to. album. And then one, like on your anniversary, Hey, let's look over our photos. And there it is just like cropped in. See if he even notices. I think it's the shirt, though, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> no, he looked good. He looked tan. He did look tan for a ginger, right? Yeah. We just come back from vacation. He did. He looked tan. He, he had the guns going on. I was proud I of know. him. I know. All like, of his freckles just molded into one. I was like, dude got tan and did some curls right before the photo shoot. Like, good right for him. Him. Yep. Good yep. for him. Good for him. Good stuff. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> yeah, he did good. I was Damn. proud of him. Very, very proud of him. So, all right. All Bring right. on Pod- the episode. Yeah. So, uh, burn. 
Burn Prince from yeah. uh, CrossFit Invictus raising money for Campaign Zero, which is very, very cool. Yeah, I got up with him um, a couple days ago to get the inside scoop on the Invictus Boston Invitational, which is a competition that he's putting together uh, to celebrate diversity, to raise money for Campaign Zero. He's got diverse athletes coming. It's in just a few days in Boston. And we wanted to get his perspective on on why put it together, what it means to him, and also obviously like, you know, what it means in today's day and age. Yeah, and he has, I think, had a really unique perspective and and knows everybody. So yeah. it's a, it re- has a really interesting story. So I think you guys will like it. Uh, so we appreciate you guys being on. So with that, we will turn it over to the show. Welcome back to Make Pods Great Again. It is uh, my first solo show without John. Unfortunately, he can't make it today, but I'm not alone alone because I have Bern Prince here with me from Invictus Boston. How's it going, Bern? Great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for joining me on my first solo edition. I would be very nervous if I were on my own. <laughs> I'm excited. This is like, uh, I think we're making history, right? We are. We totally are. I mean, watch like all the, if all the ratings come back, like way better for this episode than all the other ones, then she might just have to be me and you from now on. <laughs> hey, listen, let me say something. I'll send in my resume. Okay, perfect. Um, we're accepting new co-hosts. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We miss John. He's just... He's just unavailable this time, but he'll be back. But I'm, I'm really excited that you're here, and I'm, I'm glad that we were able to chat today because it's a, this is a little bit of a timely episode. We want to talk a lot about a very cool event that you are organizing coming up in just a couple weekends here on the East Coast in Boston. Um, so I kind of will just turn it over to you to tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Invitational. Yeah, um, it's picked up a lot of steam. It's awesome. The Invitational is july 25th uh we are going to live stream it but it's in a gym called the rack house rack house fitness in woburn 10 miles away from our gym so we can have everybody uh as safe as humanly possible uh all outdoor fitness uh basically the premise of the throwdown with the invitational is it doesn't matter if you donate a dollar a thousand dollars a hundred dollars whatever to volunteer to participate as an athlete just to be a part of it as a vendor you have to donate to a campaign that's near and dear to my heart called Campaign Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure your listeners can uh, Google Campaign Zero, but it's 10 uh, points, 10 easy steps to reduce uh, police violence. Um, I don't have to tell anybody that's listening. I'm sure you guys are paying attention. 10 easy steps, including one of the steps, uh, which I like a lot, is banning chokeholds. And again, I'm not going to get bogged down in too much of the details, but uh, I, it's just something near and dear to my heart. And it has picked up steam and I'm so excited. It's so, it's so incredibly timely for so many reasons. I mean, first of all, this has been the weirdest year that anyone's ever had in CrossFit, outside of CrossFit, all the things. So it's, it, for me, first and foremost, as just a fan of the sport, like I'm excited to have something to watch, like a, like a cool throwdown, like people on the competition floor. I'm just excited. It's been a minute and I haven't seen it in a while and I'm stoked. Um, mm-hmm. But then obviously also with everything going on in the world and all of the movements happening lately, like to have something so hyper-focused on raising awareness and raising money for a cause that's important to you. And, and I believe also featuring athletes that sort of like show the diversity within the sport. Is that correct? It's totally correct. Um, (laughs) The field is diverse. As a matter of fact, I just, all the athletes have pretty much come to me. I've came up to a couple, but, uh, we have 12, men, uh, 12 women, 10 men of all different everything. And they're coming from all different places. So I'll be honest, half the field I haven't met yet. So cool. It's so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, speaking of live streaming, I do have to shout out Competition Corner. I mm-hmm. literally got off a meeting. So you're not the first person I Zoomed today. Ooh, um, you're a Zoom expert now. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> all, Zoom is all I know now. So it's like... Mm-hmm. It's like all, life. All of us know. Uh, Competition Corner has been nice enough, along with Inkjet Productions, and I know I'm plugging a lot of places and things, but they are going to live stream the event. That's awesome. It's awesome. So everybody's going to be able to watch. And again, it's it goes without saying, but I'll say it. The, the challenging part has not only been organizing this, but also with COVID-19, we want to be safe to athletes, volunteers, any potential spectators. We just want to be as smart as humanly possible but i'm gonna say we're making history yeah 
you know, the athletes that are making history. We There's never been, I did some research, there's never been a composition like this, which is hyper-focused on Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, this is the first one of its kind that I know of. And again, your listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. And the amount of response I've gotten and feedback people wanting to participate, volunteer, has been huge. And there'll be uh, names people recognize, maybe names people don't, but who cares? Watch the throwdown. Yeah. Hell yeah. Where did this come from? Where did the idea, I mean, obviously there's, the, you, you mentioned that this is a, a cause that's near and dear to your heart, but how did you sort of channel your passion for this into an event specifically, into an invitational? Um, yeah, I, I wrote things, I had bullet points, but I think I'm just going to speak from the heart. On this <laughs> Throw them out the window. <laughs> Throw them out the window. Um, so for me, uh, I try not to look at my landscape too much, meaning I try to just like, work as hard as I can. And I know there's negatives and I know that I'm different. Well, I'll say this, that I know diversity has been an issue in CrossFit but I, and fitness, but um, I've been plugging away now since 2007. And you notice things along the way. And I had an idea for uh, the actual launch video. I had the idea about two years ago for the original video we set out to let people know about this uh, throwdown. Uh, I just had it kind of filtering in my head. And then everything went down with America, Greg Glassman. And I'm not going to, I'm not knocking any gym whatsoever. I just noticed the landscape. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit before in private, but all the big gyms that people, the major gyms that people know of, and I love them all, the Misfits, the Invictus, the Star, CrossFit New England. I, I can name probably about five to seven more gyms in that realm that are recognized really not only nationwide, but worldwide. And I thought about their coaches and I really can't think of any black coaches outside of Invictus. Mm -hmm. So it's just simple. It just makes sense, right? We're in a pandemic and this goes down with Glassman. I know people, like I said, uh, the crew of Misfit, they do a great job. CFNE does a great job. Invictus does a great job, but they look, they're on a zoom call. They can't look for their members because their members aren't or at the gym. So they look at their staff. And if no one on their staff is black, it's not that they don't want to do anything. They might not have the same perspective I do. So when we looked at the situation, when Josh looked at it and we had a staff meeting, my coworkers Tola, he's amazing. He's one of the faces of Noble. And he's out there behind the scenes doing things like he's doing so much. And then I thought to myself, I looked around and I was like, what can I do? I just felt like, for my strengths or what my, the way my mind works, having an invitation or a throwdown of some kind in a safe fashion for people to watch, donate, and come together almost like a Woodstock fashion. Yeah. Um, That's so fun. That is so very much what we're missing. And I feel like even personally, like this is kind of like what I need right now. <laughs> like I just, I need to watch some fitness. I need for it to be like in a community kind of a sense and raising money for a cause that I feel like is important. Like that you're hitting, you're ticking all the boxes. You're hitting all the, all the important things right now. Well, what's crazy is talk about the world being crazy. There's not even a, um, there's not even sports on. Right. Exactly. And I think July 25th is the, I know it's the first day of baseball. It might be the first day of the NBA. So there's a lot of things coming around the corner. So for anybody that's just a, you know, wants to watch something, um, let's get some big names out there. And, and even if you don't know the names, you might know them locally, or they might be your friend that you work out in a box and just see what happens. At this point, like I would watch anyone. Like at this point, I would just like, just put CrossFit on. I just want to see people moving around and, and pick people out that I know or don't know and cheer them on. Or, you know, like, you know, cool shit always happens on the competition floor. Like inevitably somebody does something epic or epic for them and they're just excited. And that just gets me fired up. Like as part of the community, I don't care if it's a first time or, or a games athlete or a scaled athlete. Like I just like to watch this stuff because I like to be a part of it, you know? I love what you said. Uh, um, you know, when you break it all down, I'm a fan of the sport, right? So if you're a fan of the sport, you're looking at the, the landscape and you're like, okay, I want to see people throw down. Now, there is a serious side to it. You know, I'm highly aware of what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, I even, and for those who didn't see the video, they can go on Instagram and see following, but InvictusBoston.com, they can see the video. But 
it, I don't want to come off angry, but the establishment ignored us for a while, for a long time. And I will give the establishment credit. They're, they're coming around and they're making changes. But, you know, I, I've said this before. Everybody always wants to talk about race and they're saying we want to have the conversation about race. In my head, we've been having the conversation since the 70s, 60s even. I don't want to talk about it. I want to do something, right? Um, there's no need to, it's not an uncomfortable conversation to me. The conversation is I want to live. I want my family to live. I want my brothers and sisters to live. That shouldn't be uncomfortable. Okay, so now that we have established that there's inequalities in all things, let's do something about it. The same same time that Glassman had said what he said, I want to say it's about five weeks ago now. It sounds right. Sounds right. We got a new. We got Castro appointed CEO, and Rosa took over. And I know they started a scholarship program, and I'm not knocking them. I actually think they're moving in the right direction. There's a part of me that says you're not moving fast enough. Hmm. You know, how I know you're not moving fast enough is the same time all this happened, I put out a video. We've got corporate sponsors. We have athletes. And we have people ready to view this. And I'm not doing it with a team. I'm doing it with my coworkers and people I care about who I love and they love me. And I'm doing it with the iPhone 10. I'm answering emails and DMs. And we're making a historic event happen. So look yourselves in the mirror, establishment, and do better. Not only, I mean, that you're making a great point about the establishment, but I think that's a, actually a pretty good lesson for us to all just kind of keep in the back of our minds right now is, you know, we, we've talked a lot on this podcast, and especially John has been an advocate for like taking action and doing things and not just, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard because it feels like it comes in waves. You know, it comes yeah. in like blackout Tuesday and then your feed goes back to normal and then like go to a protest and then just go home and eat dinner. And it's like, what can we do? What kind of actions can we take and how can we continue to remind ourselves to not make this into waves to just rise this tide and keep it up there because it, it is a continuous need for change to happen and for equality to be pushed. And it can't just kind of like ebb and flow. So that's, I, I like your, the way that you pose that. And I like keeping that in my mind too, as a daily lesson, like look myself in the mirror and what am I doing? How do I do better? How do we all do better every single day and not just let it <laughs> ebb and flow? Cause it's, that's where, that's where change doesn't happen, right? Like that's where you just talk about it and it goes away. I love that. I love everything about that. And, and I know I brought up the point earlier about, you know, being one of the, I know there's black owners of CrossFit gyms, fitness facilities. And I know there's black coaches. I, I've met a lot. I've met so many people even in this past four weeks. But when we're talking like the most well-known places and headquarters and things of that nature, like I know Chuck Carswell is on seminar staff. So is Larry. And I apologize for not remembering your last name. But after that, you know, the reason they say elevate black voices is, isn't because we're not loud enough. We're literally not in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, we should have somebody in the room. And I'm almost, I don't know if, I'm not going to say lucky. When I, when I really looked around, I realized I'm in the room, meaning I'm, I am a coach at a well-known facility. I wanted to do something. But at the same time, if I didn't do anything, I, I almost felt like I couldn't even look at my father. Because people, you know, my father read it in the Times. He says, you sure about this glass thing? And I was like, yeah, I know about it. And my dad, knowing my dad, he'd be like, well, did you do anything? Did you say something? And if I told him, I said, I did nothing. I don't, you know, it doesn't sit well with me. I'll leave it at that. Wow. That's, that is, it's hitting you on a really personal level. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that you, not only in, in sort of, being very passionate about all of this, I think that you are in a unique position to to take a stand and to organize something like this and to be at the forefront of this type of change, honestly, because you've just been in the game for so long. Like you're an OG in the CrossFit world. I don't know if people know that. Can you tell <laughs> tell everyone a little bit about like your backstory and how you started in all this? Because I, you know, in fairness, CrossFit has been around for longer than people realize, period. And then when they hear like people like you have been in the game for so long, they're like, oh shit, really? <laughs> yeah. I tell this, I, I, so I'm going to make everybody aware there's going to be a lot of name dropping and all of it's true. So fact whatever. check it, yo. Fact check it. <laughs> um, I worked at this uh, gym. Uh, it's called Boston Sports Club. 
I think it's, um, yeah, it's still around, even though it's in trouble. And anyway, uh-huh. my coworker was Ben Bergeron. And he was like, I'm starting this thing. And, and anybody that knows Ben, and, and it was it was 2007, he's like, I'm starting this thing. And I really like it. And I'm passionate about it. And I just remember him being, he's one of those people that is confident in a quiet way. You know, he just was confident about it. He knew what he was talking about. And he never bragged about it. And I was like, uh, everybody at the gym kind of was like, uh, kind of looked at him sideways. But I was always like, he gets results. He knows what he's doing. He's yeah. smart. Yeah, like, why not? So luckily for me, he invited me. He actually invited me twice. The first time I said no, because I'm super smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all set. Thanks. I, I was like, I actually gave him a meathead answer. He was like, hey, you want to work out sometime in, uh, in typical Burn Prince fashion in 2007? I was like, well, it's going to get bigger. And he was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> well, like, yeah, Ben, but like, how much can you bench, though? I was like, well, how much can you bench, though? And I actually remember, <laughs> actually, this is what got me. The second time he asked me, he was like, uh, you ever heard of a, like a bar muscle up? And I was like, and he did it effortlessly. And I remember like, I couldn't do that. Mm. And it hit my ego a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so like, he invited me one day and I kept coming back and I kept coming back. And um, I will say this, I, I, I want to make sure I preface this right now. When I say unique, I don't even know if it's unique because I only can speak from my perspective. When you go to Ben's gym, there's no nonsense, meaning everyone's treated equally. Mm. It's amazing. It's, there's no, like, there's a culture there and it's there for a reason. You know, everyone is cordial, nice, and treats you fairly and it's fitness and it doesn't matter what your background is. And that's what drew me to all of this. Mm. And so uh, fast forward, um, I was compelled to get, you know, certified. I was already certified through other, uh, I had other things and other degrees, but, uh, I was compelled to go through CrossFit and my L1 teachers were, I'm sure you guys know some of these people, Chuck Carswell, EC, Pat Sherwood. And those are also people that don't play that mess. Meaning like we're here to learn and we're going to get after it. And I was lucky enough from there to get hired by Reebok headquarters. Hmm. Uh, and then I met, the person who now is still um, running Invictus Boston, uh, Josh Foster, um, who's running a gym in the city. We connected and he's like, after an hour conversation, he asked me what my shirt size was. And I've been at that gym since January 12, 2007, 2012. Sorry. Wow. So I, and when I say I speak from a unique perspective, I only know two cultures. I know what I had at CFNE. I know what I have now in Invictus Boston. And I know that those cultures, you know, you're, the gym is a sanctuary. You know, it's where you come to work out and relieve stress and, you know, grow through the crucible of sweating next to the person next to you and competing with them, not against them. Mm-hmm. And you come out the other side feeling better. So that is, you're so lucky in that respect because I know myself included and a ton of people I know who've been in CrossFit for many years have done the like bounce to bounce or bounce around from gym to gym to gym. There was drama at this gym and then this person wanted to open their own thing. And then this didn't work out. So we went here or I moved and it took me three or four gyms to find the community that I like. Like it, it can be, it's like dating. Like you got to really, and it's like, you like found your soulmate from the beginning and then you found another soulmate. Like that's pretty cool. That doesn't happen a lot. (laughs) I've heard, I've heard so it's so funny to me. I've heard different stories. I've heard horror stories. Um, I'm not naive to certain things, but I've never really, I've been lucky. I have been lucky. Meaning like when I say name drop, if I go to a competition, it might not be uncommon. Okay. You might see me standing and talking and joking around with Tola. And then some, somebody has tapped me on the shoulder and it'd be Lindy Barber and she'll ask me something. And maybe I'll say, you know, I'll high five Steph, Steph Chung. And I'm not saying this to name drop. I'm saying this because I literally worked with and worked out with and hung out with titans in the industry. Now, I'm not immune to paper cuts or microaggressions, but I don't see it as much because people, you know, when people approach those people and I'm next to them, they straighten up and fly right, for lack of a better term. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's been my experience. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. That's 
that's I think it just speaks like to the community as well like the the lucky you know the what am I saying here it speaks to not only the community within like the the athletes that show up and the people that you coach and the people who abide by the rules of the facility that obviously has set these sort of like standards but also the staff and the community of people who are trying to get that message to trickle down from the top to the bottom that's pretty cool Hey, um, I know you're interviewing and this is your first interview. So I have a question for you. Shoot. Why not? So like you are a reporter, no codes, <laughs> being a Titan in the industry. You are a Titan in the industry, right? Oh yeah. Right. Okay. So, I'm glad like, John's not here to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> you're the most popular, you're one of the most popular people I know. So like, is, do you find, and I could be, I don't want to, do you find that people treat you differently after they find out who you are? or They see a picture with you with like Tia are they like, oh my God? I don't think so. Because I think, I think the nature of my position is to be close to those people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm a, a random person. And then all of a sudden it's like, here's me with Matt Fraser. Like, I think like me. the nature of my job and people expect me to be near them or ask them questions or be comfortable or friends with them because I see them so often. So I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think people care i don't think i'm i don't think i think i'm seen mainly as just a conduit to them as opposed Ooh. to having a which is honestly why this podcast has been so like crazy to me because like i, I think i typically also see myself as just a conduit of information for people that you want to hear from like you want to know the athletes and their stories and whatnot and so every you know morning john like texts me our download numbers and i'm like what <laughs> I, why are people logging on to listen to me talk about nothing? I'm just so much more used to being uh, the vessel through which you get information from a famous athlete or someone that you really want to hear from. So every so often he'll send me download numbers of like just him and I episodes, like just John and Nikki episodes. And I'm like, why are people downloading these? Cause you guys are entertaining as hell. Don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's been, I, I that's been fun about this. I don't know. I think it's just my mom. I say this every time. I think it's just my mom like downloading and deleting and downloading and deleting just to make me feel better. <laughs> I, I don't even know how it works. I can't, I can't lie to you. If you download subscribing, I'm just like logging podcasts and I want to listen. Yeah, same. I do the same thing. It's a good question though. Asking. It's a good question. Well, so let me ask you this because if if John were here, I know that he would ask because he's been getting a lot of comments and DMs and things. People talking about or commenting on how we've been talking about diversity in CrossFit and saying things like, Hey man, like I just don't want the gym to be a place where I need to get into these issues. Like I just want the gym to be like a place where I can go and forget about how crazy the world is or forget about, you know, politics or forget about, I want the gym to be like a a space where I can just lay my brain to rest basically. And, and he, I know, is, is very much against that in the way that, like, it is a part of our lives and a part of the community and, and an integral place where we do need to address these kinds of things. But when it comes to an event like the one that you're coordinating, I think that question comes into play, especially when people are like, this is a gym event. And here, you know, for the folks that think, I don't want to deal with that stuff when I go to the gym. Like, what's your response to that mentality? I don't want to deal with it either. I know. Like, like, that's my <laughs> first thought. Like, people are like, I don't want to have these, like, I always think about Amanda Seals being on a trampoline. I don't want to have these, like, salon-style discussions about race and politics at a coffee shop. Like, I want, like, I want to do what I want to do. But, like, here's the problem. Um, I always use Amazon, for example. When I, and I've heard this before. Um, a gym owner or somebody that works in the gym is like, well, you know, my demographic is only this. Like, if Jeff Bezos had this idea that, his demographic, he'd only deliver to people that are white males, 35 to 49. Amazon would be in trouble. The gym doors are supposed to be open. It's literally a sanctuary. And it shouldn't matter. And I understand there's money, right? So let's say the average gym is $200 a month. If a person comes to you and with $200 a month and they need their sanctuary for whatever reason it is, meaning most people work out for two reasons, sanity and vanity. And I'm telling you right now, most of it's sanity, at least for me, right? Yeah, same, 100%. So if you come to this place with your money in hand, you're ready to go, like you, sh- you shouldn't have a gym that only has a specific demographic. And if you do, 
I always think of, I always think of, um, and I know CrossFit's working on some type of scholarship program, and I need to be well-versed, but I think about Khan in my own gym. We do a, uh, a program, a scholarship program with Outlaw, okay? You guys can Google. I'll let people Google Outlaw for their, on their own time and look it up, but it's a great program. Khan is in Boston. That's where I'm located. Um, he's a med student from Turkey. He's 115 pounds if he's anything, soaking wet. And he is here on a scholarship program. And he's been in our gym for a year. And he's changed my perspective on everything. He's great. He's, he's so polite. He asks if it's okay to scale a lot. And like I said, I've said this before. He's asked to scale Grace at 135. And he's 115. And he's like, is it okay if I scale? I'm like, of course it's okay. Well, you better okay. scale. Yeah, <laughs> Come yeah, on. It's fine. Like you're 115. I get it. And he works so hard. And he's literally here curing cancer. Like he's a Harvard med student working on, um, I don't want to say the wrong word, but I know he's working on curing cancer cells. So here's a kid from Turkey, here on a scholarship program, curing cancer. My point is, if everybody in the gym looks like you, find somebody, give them a membership for free and bring them into the gym. And I'm going on, I'm going on a tangent here about finding somebody different. Speaking of CrossFit New England, I, I don't even think Ben knows this. Somebody actually paid for my first year. They didn't pay for it because I couldn't afford it. They paid for it because they were like, I like you. I see something in you, okay? They paid for the first year. Fast forward. This was 2007. Fast forward. I've been a coach for now eight years, right? Um, I, Whatever. You call it what you want. I've emceed for the grid. I've done a recap show for Invictus. Um, I think the investment for the year was worth it, is my point. I think about myself. I think about Khan. If everybody in the gym looks like you, go find different people. Give them a year for free and see how much your, your community changes and improves. Sorry, Nicole, this is your show and I just went. No, no, no. This is your show. Well, this is our show. First of all, I apologize for the lawn care that's happening in the background. But no, this is our show. And I love that point. And that's something that we've been talking about for weeks now is like, kind of like putting your money where your mouth is, though it's not always money. It's not always that, but it's more than just sitting here and saying like, what can we do? What kind of outreach can we do? What should like, who should we talk to? It's like, no, like get off your butt and do a thing, like figure out where to go and who to talk to. And don't just say you're going to invite people, like go and make it easier. Give them an offer, like do something, actually shake someone's hand and physically touch them or don't because it's COVID, but like almost physically from six feet away, touch them and say, come walk into my facility with me, please. You are welcome here. Yeah, there's, and there's every facility, even if you have a certain demographic in your town, right? I've seen, I've been in gyms, the UPS person that comes and drops off the packages, the tra the person that picks up the trash, the person that maybe uh, has a food truck. If there's somebody different in your community and there is, you just have to look. Yeah. If you invite them in for a free, a free month, I don't care. Do something because that, that will in turn show them. And maybe you invite them because they're, there is that talk. I've heard, I've listened to different podcasts and people saying that, you know, if you offer somebody something, you're implying they can't afford it. Nah, not really. You might be implying that like, Hey, I got a problem in my gym and COVID hit. And like I said before, I'm looking, I can't, all my members are white. All my coaches are white. Like, I, I'm not saying a problem is actually, I am saying it's a problem. If your gym is 99.9% white, because eh, the world's not like that. America's not like that. Right. It should be reflective of what is happening in the world. Like our communities are a reflection of what what our world is like. That's just how it is. And if, if, if I'm guilty of being inside my own prison, right? So I always, I always in meetings, um, I, there's 17 of us at, on staff. So in a meeting, I'll ask, I'll be like, hey, Keith, or hey, Maria, hey, Kelsey, like, what do you think of this? Because you know, I'm selfish. I'm human. I only see things from my point of view. So like, and they might be like, no, I see it this way. Oh, okay. That's where I'm at, Nicole. Makes sense. <laughs> no, I get it. I hear you. Makes sense. So tell me if people want to get involved in your event, is there still a, is there still a chance or time to send them to be a participant or if they just want to watch, what can they do? Like, how can people get involved between now and the 25th, right? Yeah. The 25th. The 25th. Uh, first thing is first. 
and the reason we're having the event. I would love everybody to check out Campaign Zero and what they're doing. Go to that first, all right? Because I'm not, I am not taking donations. It just, you know, gets murky. I just rather go straight to the site. Second thing, go to Invictus Boston on Instagram, or you can email me directly, burn at InvictusBoston.com. My name is spelled B-E-R-N. Um, we're not taking any more athletes on. Um, I actually hit, I, I have a perfect number of athletes uh, on the simple fact that I do want to make it a safe space and we've already planned out how we're going to space them out. Um, so that's that makes, good. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'd obviously always take on uh, any type of swag for the athletes, even volunteers. I feel like volunteers always never get any swag or anything of that nature. Um, but if anybody just has general questions, they can always email me. I, that's, that's it. They'll, if you follow me on Instagram right now or follow me in Business Boston, it's pretty much taking over our newsfeed for the past three weeks. So you will find out all the information you need. Nice, nice. And there'll be links to the live stream and where people can watch and stuff too? Yes, there will be definitely links to the live stream. I'm going to let you know the time is right now. The, it will run starting noon on the nose, July 25th. Actually, Nicole, I'm giving you a scoop here. I know you're a reporter, Nicole. <gasps> okay, okay. First to the scene. What is it? So here's the scoop. It's going to start at noon. Opening ceremonies will be from 12 to 12.15. The first heat will kick off at 12.20 on the notes. It will go from 12.20 to 2.50. And then at 2.50, there'll be the closing ceremonies, which is basically like, winner gets this, and then we all hopefully party and have a good time. Then we all party at a distance. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. What a weird world we're living in right now. I can't believe it. Um, awesome. Burn, thank you so much. Thanks for coming back and, and chatting with us about this and, and for honestly, just for putting this together, for having the foresight to know that this is the kind of thing that we need as a community and as a world in general and appreciate having you on, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Um, I, I guess, I guess I want to take time. I, I want to say this because it's not me. If that makes sense, it's not just me. I, and I'm going to forget people, and I'm sorry. Um, when I thought of this, it's been so many other people. Off the top of my head, obviously, you know, when I look at every, every single person I work with, so I won't just mention one person. I'm just going to say all of Invictus Boston. Everything they did, I, I came to them with the idea, and they didn't even, they didn't even blink, right? When, and I say, came to them with the idea, they said, okay, let's put it into action. And we had an email chain the next day. And then to the, to the athletes, um, I look them up on Instagram and I, I, probably cause I'm just thinking off the top of my head, obviously I'm going to say Tola cause I work with them, but Toya, uh, who was a person I never even met, Alexis, uh, Fab, uh, you know, Graciela, I'm, I, there's 22 athletes, Cesar, and I'm sorry if I didn't mention you on the podcast, but they, they reached out and they said, I want to participate to everyone that is, uh, quote unquote sponsoring, like. Noble came up to me and said, I'm going to donate X amount from, of money to the campaign, and then I'm going to donate X amount of prizes to the comp. Noble, RX Smart Gear, Slate Coffee, Drink Loco, uh, Finest Hour. And again, I know I'm missing probably so many people to volunteers that were like, I don't know you. I just want to be a part. So I guess, Nicole, this is a, another tangent. I don't want to be the person, I'm not the voice of all Black people. That, that'd be naive and that's, that'd be arrogant. I'm not. That's, I only know things from my own prison. But I do know that there's people that feel like they're not being heard. I keep using the word revolution. This is a revolution. And I want everybody in the establishment to know that we don't, I don't hate the establishment. I love the establishment. I love the sport. I want to be a part of the sport. And the thing is, we're knocking at the door. We're knocking at the door and we're just saying, let us in. Okay. So if you're not going to let me in, I'm going to bring 40 people and I'm going to knock on the door and I'm going to say, let us in. And then I'm going to bring 400 people and knock on the door and say, let us in. And if you keep ignoring us, it's just agitating. That's all. And it's going to happen eventually. So let us in now. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for uh, letting me use this platform to just elevate voices. And, and, and if anybody's, you know, wants to reach out to me if I didn't represent anyone in the right. I, Nicole, I'm terrified I'm not representing people in the right way. And I want to, I want everybody to know that that's where my head's at right now. 
How well, is I, that I, I can respect that because I think that's part of why so many people sometimes don't say what they're thinking or don't speak up because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing or leaving something out or whatever. So I, I truly believe, and this is something that Easy taught us when he was on the podcast with us several weeks ago, like, you're going to mess up. We're all going to mess up. Yeah. You're going to say something that offends someone at some point in time, but just try. And then if you messed it up, try again. And if you messed it up, try again. So I don't, I don't take any uh, worry about any offense coming your way because you, you did or didn't say something or miss someone else. Just, you know, you're out here doing the very best you can. And I think that's something we should all be doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Tell John I said thank you as well. I definitely will. And thank you everyone for, for tuning in and for listening to me one time without John. It's crazy. Maybe we'll do this more often. We'll have to see, uh, see what the ratings of this particular episode are like. Ooh, oh, hold on. I got burn. this. I got this for you. I got Go. this. Go. Um, five star review, right? If I were to rate your performance, five and a half stars. Yay. Well, all right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, don't forget that we have a Patreon now. Um, we've got swag coming. We're going to be part of uh, sending swag gifts up to the competition in Boston for Burn, actually. So you don't want to uh, miss out on your Make Pods Great Again swag. And um, yeah, for everyone listening, thank you. And we will see you next time. <laughs>